Hello and welcome to our service for Good Friday. Though we are apart and separated by physical distances, we gather together as God's people to remember the events that led to our Saviour being crucified. The service will consist of prayers, music and a reading. Unlike some of the other services that we have held during Holy Week, there won't be a long reflection on the reading. But we'll hear from John's Gospel, a long reading that speaks and tells us of those events. That we remember today. And I encourage you to listen afresh to the words. Listen afresh to the events. Even if you've heard them many times before. So that simply we let the narrative speak for itself. And so we gather in God's presence. Let us pray. Today is a solemn day the day when we remember the sufferings and death of Christ our Lord upon the cross. The total self-giving love. Love for the beloved in pain, in humiliation, in despair. Lord, as we worship you this day, fill us with wonder, with gratitude and with solemn joy for all that we remember. Loving God, we remember today all that you have done for us in Jesus Christ. We recall with wonder his death on the cross and confess with shame our share in the sin of the world for which Christ died. We ask your forgiveness now that the judgment we deserve may be tempered by the perfect self-giving of Calvary, by your ceaseless, unexhausted love, unmerited and free. And even as we recognise our sinfulness, we hear the words of good news. To all who came to him asking for forgiveness, these are, were and are Christ's word of grace. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. Thanks be to God.
This is the Gospel according to John chapter 18 through to chapter 19 verse 42. When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side there was an olive grove, and he and his disciples went into it. Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, said Jesus. 
and Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, who is it you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, Jesus answered. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the father has given me? Then the detachment of soldiers with its commander and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus. They bound him and brought him first to Annas, who was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it would be good if one man died for the people. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Peter had to wait outside the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. Are you not one of his disciples, are you? The girl at the door asked Peter. Peter replied, I am not. It was cold and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm. Peter was also standing with them, warming himself. Meanwhile, the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in synagogues or at the temple where all the people come together. I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Ask those who heard me. Surely they know what I said. When Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby struck Jesus in the face. Is this the way you answer the high priest? He demanded. If I said something wrong, testify as to what is wrong. But if I spoke the truth, why did you strike me? Then Annas sent him, still bound, to Caiaphas, the high priest. As Simon Peter stood warming himself, he was asked, Are you not one of his disciples? He denied it, saying, I'm not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the olive grove? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a cock began to crow. Then the people led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanliness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would have not handed him over to you. Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. 
This happened so that the words Jesus had spoken indicating the kind of death he was going to die would be fulfilled. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked. Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you've done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the people. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You are right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate asked. With this, he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him, but it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They shouted back, No, not him! Give us Barabbas! Now, Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. Then Pilate took Jesus and he had him flogged. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on Jesus' head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went up to him again and again saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him in the face. Once more, Pilate came out and said to the crowd, Look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, Here is the man. As soon as the chief priests and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. But the people insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said. Don't you realize I have the power to either free you or crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. But the people kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of Passover week, about the sixth hour. Here's your king, 
Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, Take him away! Take him away! Crucify him! Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priests answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to all of them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the people read this sign, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests protested to Pilate, Do not write King of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes, dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. This garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to each other. Let's decide by lot who will get it. This happened that the scripture might be fulfilled, which said, they divided my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple he said, Here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that all was now completed, so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it and put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, it was the day of preparation, and the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers, therefore, came and broke the legs of the first men who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. 
The man who saw this has given his testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you may believe. These things happened so that the scripture will be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And, as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the people. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at nighttime. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. This was in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there.
And so we come now to our prayers of intercession. To the bidding, you came as the man for others. I invite you to respond, come again to our world today. You came as the man for others. Come again to our world today. So let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we remember today how your concern throughout your ministry was not for yourself but for others. The vulnerable, the distressed, the sick, the despised, all those who are marginalised in society, downtrodden, oppressed and rejected. And so in the silence, Lord, we pray for those who feel alone and neglected at this time. You came as the man for others. Come again to our world today. We remember how you had a special place in your heart for the poor. And so we pray for the millions suffering still under the yoke of poverty. With all the attendant misery that involves. Victims of failed harvests natural disasters and civil wars, crying to us for help, begging for food to stave their hunger, homes to house their children, resources to build a better future, an opportunity to start again free from the shackles of debt. And so, Lord, in the quiet... We pray for those living in poverty. You came as the man for others. Come again to our world today. We remember how you suffered at the hands of others. And so we pray for all who endure violence and cruelty. All who are wounded in body, mind and spirit by acts of inhumanity. We pray for victims of racism and discrimination. Of verbal and physical bullying. Of assault and abuse. Intimidation and torture, terrorism and war. And Lord, in the quiet we pray for all who suffer at the hands of others. You came as the man for others. Come again to our world today. Lord Jesus Christ, you live for others. You died for others and you rose for all. 
help us to live in turn as your people. Seeking to serve rather than be served. To give rather than to receive. Teach us to reach out in love and so to make real your compassion and to represent your body here on earth. Lord, in the quiet, we pray that we may serve as you served. You came as the man for others. Come again to our world today. And we bring all our prayers, spoken and unspoken to God. As we pray with boldness, the prayer that Jesus gave us, praying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Finally, some words from Isaiah 53. He was placed in a grave with the wicked. He was buried with the rich, even though he had never committed a crime or ever told a lie. The Lord says, it was my will that he should suffer. His death was a sacrifice to bring forgiveness. And so he will see his descendants. He will live a long life. And through him my purpose will succeed. After a life of suffering he will again have joy. He will know that he did not suffer in vain. My devoted servant, with whom I am pleased, will bear the punishment of many. And for his sake I will forgive them. And so I will give him a place of honour. A place among the great and powerful. He willingly gave his life and shared the fate of evil men. He took the place of many sinners and prayed that they might be forgiven. So let us pray. Lord, it seems that evil is stronger than good. Despair stronger than hope. Fear stronger than courage, and hatred stronger than love. It seems as if this world is a dark and chilly tomb, sealed against the light of your love. But Lord, we thank you that we can have faith in you, that we can have hope in you. 
and that yours is the power of pure love, triumphant over sin, hatred and death. Amen. And so we wait. We wait in the darkness for the bright morning that will come. And may the peace of God, which is beyond our utmost understanding, keep God over our hearts and thoughts in Christ Jesus. And may the blessing of God, creator, redeemer and sustainer, be upon us now and evermore. Amen. <laughs>